Hello, and welcome to Humanities Centered, a podcast that explores research in the arts and humanities at Carleton College. I'm Clara Hardy, the director of Carleton's Humanities Center. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Seth Peabody in our German department and his student research partner, Esme Krohn. Seth works on film, literature, and environmental humanities. Last summer, Seth and Esme were working on the late stages of Seth's book project, and I started by asking him about that. My book project is an environmental study of German film. Um, the working title right now is Environmental Fa- Fantasies, German Film History for the Anthropocene. Um, the Anthropocene is this idea that started in geology and has become very big in the humanities in thinking about kind of a new geological epoch that's marked by humans changing the natural world, humans becoming a geological force. Film has done this from the beginning, where film um, is seen as this indexical medium, so it sort of picture, takes pictures of the physical world and they're imprinted on um, on the film, and so it's, there's sort of a direct relationship between the physical stuff out there and what is seen in the visual medium, and at the same time it's always creative and sculpted and curated by the people making the film. And so there's this idea of a kind of visual world that's created by the filmmaker, but that still has kind of influence from the physical world that cannot be um, totally avoided or totally controlled. And German film for me is really interesting because from the very beginning of the German film industry, there have been a whole bunch of genres that are really focused on the environment or the physical world. There have been kind of city documentaries that were just fascinated with the urban environment in Berlin as it was growing really quickly in the early 20th century. Um, And then these Heimat films, the sort of rural Um, idyllic films that are in some ways similar to the westerns in the U.S. that from the beginning were seen as environmental films and people talked about that as a hallmark of German cinema where in Hollywood all the focus was on the stars, on the people, and in Germany it was much more on the sets. And in spite of all this, and in spite of the fact that now people in the U.S. are very interested in German environmentalism and how did German environmental thought lead to laws in recent years that lead to sustainability, hopefully, In spite of all that, studies of German film have really been focused on politics and what is the relationship between German cinema and fascism and how did maybe the film industry play a role in or give clues to the rise of Nazi Germany. Mm. Those are really important questions, of course, Um, and I'm sort of adding to that this kind of environmental question that has gone, I think, unquestioned or unanalyzed maybe because there's been so much focus on the political politics. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you're now almost at the end of this book project, I take it, and the summer's work was um, was tying up kind of loose ends and getting Esme's help with that. Is that a fair statement? Yes, that is a fair statement. Um, Maybe I'll let Esme sort of chime in on what you feel like it looked like coming in, and not sure if that's a fair question to give to you already, but... Yeah. What it looked like coming in. Well, you had a couple chapters that were, like, pretty much done because you'd, like, already submitted them, like, as articles, like the Metropolis one. So for that, so for those, it was more, like, uh, formatting citations and just, like, reading and providing general feedback. And then we moved on to, like, working on sort of rough drafts and, like, sort of deciding, like, the structure of the book, like, what chapters went where, what chapters worked really well with each other. And general, like... uh, research like getting literature reviews and like sorting through like a bunch of search results on EBSCO and trying to find like like a coherent bibliography out of that. 
So, so what was that like for you? I mean, what would you say was um, was the most interesting or memorable part of that kind of work? The most interesting part. Well, I definitely got a lot better at using uh, like online databases, uh, which is something I was never, I wasn't that great at before. It was also interesting to see how the stuff we were talking about in the project like interact with my daily life. Because since it was summer, me and my family were like taking a bunch of walks outside, and like we went on vacation. And it was really cool to like uh, think about the stuff with the natural world and film that we were talking about in the book project and how that interacted with the physical world I was interacting with. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Did did you um, did you think about then how that works also in American films as your as your brain is like focusing on? Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about westerns as like an American version of Heimat films, and my little brother's super into those, so I talked about <laughs> a little bit about him, with him. And I, over the summer I read uh, Wallace Stegner's Angle of Repose, which is like sort of a western, very much has like a lot of focus on the environment, and like the west is like a, like a frontier and like a new place, and that was, I thought that was a pretty good pairing. Just to follow up on what Esme was just saying, some of the things that that came out of those informal conversations or reading at home were really useful for me also because as she was reading the chapters, she would put comments in the margin like, oh, this is really similar to this. There are sort of different types of Heimat films, the sort of critical um, portrayal of these environments as being in fact much more conflict-ridden and others that are just idyllic. And she could sort of give parallels in American literature that um, as I'm thinking about who might read the book, that's actually interesting for a whole subset of readers. So, um, yeah, so that was, that was one big piece, and that was the thing I thought about coming in. Um, but just at the end of spring term last year, um, I'd had a couple of other projects that kind of quickly accelerated last winter and spring, um, and wound up coming back to me for revisions based on peer review, right, um, as Esme was starting up, or even a little bit before she was supposed to begin working as a student research partner. Um, one was on um, pedagogy and the environment, how to teach German language from that perspective. And then another was on just a couple of recent, um, a novel that was made into a film and then sort of a memoir by the author about the same um, process that it's really also about this idea of Heimat or home in German, but building in ideas of kind of sickness and health and disability and how those are kind of issues that often go ignored in discussions of this home Heimat concept. So I was trying to finish those up, and it was hard to do that, as everything else was also ramping up. And so I wrote to Esme and said, hey, do you have time to kind of do a little proofreading now before you're supposed to actually begin? And that, from my perspective, wanted being a really helpful start to the summer. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a really good like lead up because it was like a little appetizer before the, before the novel. Uh, and it helped that they were about like similar things, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's it's um, lovely to have that flexibility oh, yeah. to be able to respond to whatever um, whatever projects you have ahead of you and what hours you have yeah. available. Do you feel like it also was helpful just in terms of your critical reading and ability to to kind of edit for Seth uh, to sharpen his argument or or yeah. It was like a different type of editing that I'm used to, because usually when you're like reading like a friend's essay or something, you're mostly focused on like grammar and spelling. <laughs> so and that wasn't really an issue. <laughs> there were times. Yeah. There were times I'm so helpful. glad to hear that. Uh, and it was more focused on general 
argument, and it felt it felt more more like meaningful because it was about like sharpening the book's argument and the chapter's argument, how everything like fit together. That's actually something I found really helpful um, coming in. Was I have been working on this project for a long time, and then there are pieces that are brand new, and it's hard to keep an idea of the whole process going forward. And Esme kind of got in and read everything really efficiently, I have to say, sort of gave feedback, gave useful kind of formatting input, but also it sometimes felt like had a better idea of what was actually going on than I did. And so it asked questions like, does this, does this transition make sense? Or am I, as you read this chapter, does the thing that I say is the main point actually feel like the main point to you? And she would then, throughout the essay, sort of give comments that says, yeah, yes, this is key. Oh, this really feels like a central question. Maybe you should highlight that sooner. Um, and that, to me, felt like really useful input from a perspective that I, I just don't have right now. Yeah, yeah. I am trying to um, figure out what the correct environmental forest trees metaphor is <laughs> for, for this process. But yeah, really, really interesting. So in terms of the, um, the environmental piece of it, you mentioned early on, Seth, the notion of the German view of the environment and uh, sensitivity to those issues translating into actual environmental policy. Is that, was that um, quasi-political piece of it a part of the research that you were doing for the book? Or was that something, Esme, that you um, that you thought about or connections that you made in terms of the U.S. view of the environment? That is actually one of the things that I'm sort of taking a different tack on. So in eco-cinema, this, uh, this field of studying film through environmental lens, one of the really early things that scholars tried to do was look at cinema basically as environmental propaganda, you might say, like what types of films um, can change people's minds. To me, it just felt like that's it's trying really hard and it's interesting to think about, but that's not, to me, it doesn't feel like that's how the cinematic medium really works. So I wound up looking at kind of places where it gets more messy. So the first part of the book is looking at discourse and Heimat, this idea of home as a big field of debate in early German cinema. And then it became sort of codified as a genre that is feels really idyllic and escapist, but that only came, it was sort of a deliberate process in the Nazi film industry to make that definition of Heimat to be what people would see in film. And before that, it was really open. And so to me, that's interesting because film is sort of this gathering point for environmental debates. What came in this summer is one of the complications I hadn't thought about as much is that film as sort of this visual medium that captures lots of things at once can have the people doing things. But one of the movies I was looking at is called the vulture maiden and it, there's always this vulture on the screen at the same time that leads to a lot of it actually led to people getting bit many oh my times. gosh wow and that's something that SB helped a lot in terms of the lit review and also just helping me think about like what's what should I focus on is this is this interesting and worth it that was one of my favorite chapters to work on it's really strong and I don't know it's always good when you get to talk about animals and have like fun movie anecdotes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And with that, we got to do like some research on animal studies, which is something I'd never even heard of before. Mm. Uh, so I got to like do a little like very, very overview uh, of animal studies because it's like a whole field. And I mm -hmm. just did like the most general sources I could possibly find, plus anything about vultures. 
that's so interesting. So Esme, as you you finished up the project and uh, and turned in your report on it, and um, I'm just wondering how you see the work you did over the summer as maybe uh, having an impact on going forward at Carleton or, or beyond Carleton. Yeah, it was really great practice and working like one-on-one, -on -one, which isn't something you get to do quite as much in a class. Like classes are really small, but like you still only like really interact one-on-one -on -one with professors during office hours. Yeah, it was just, it was just really great experience in like communicating professionally and developing all these humanities skills because I'm interested in like potentially going into that at some point in like museum work or like working in a library or something. And I'm planning on going on the Berlin study abroad program next fall. So it was good like practice with like German and like learning about German culture. Yeah, yeah. And and views of the city too, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, fascinating. Cool. Well, are there any any things that we didn't cover that you guys wanted to make sure appeared or whatever the verb is for that <laughs> on a podcast. I might just say that there were there were things I sort of knew would be helpful. Part of it is just sort of the peer pressure of a sort of engaged, intelligent reader waiting for me to send them things. <laughs> um, just oh, like, yes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as a professor, just working on one-on-one -on -one with a, um, a Carleton student who's really kind of involved in your discipline is, is great. And in fact, is sort of similar to the readers I will usually have who are interested in my field and know some about it, but aren't specialists in mm -hmm. the specific thing I'm writing about. But then there are other things that were totally unexpected, where I, as I started getting into this, this vulture topic, I was sort of wondering, is this worth it? Is this just a rabbit hole? And it wound up being a really useful set of conversations to have about like, what should I, what should I leave in? What should I actually give more attention to that I was thinking of leaving out? Um, so from my perspective, that was just really useful and satisfying as sort of a ongoing conversation for what can sometimes be a very lonely process of academic yeah. writing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. Thanks for listening to Humanities Centered. I need to make two apologies about today's episode. First to Esme for having mispronounced her name during our conversation. Sorry about that. Uh, and second to those of you in the audience wishing I had asked a follow-up question about the film that featured a vulture. This turns out to be a 1956 film called Die Geiervalli, and you can find it on YouTube or read about it soon in Seth's book, Environmental Fantasies, German Film History for the Anthropocene. You can find show notes for this podcast on our website at www.carlton.edu humanities. There you'll also find more about student research partnerships, as well as all the other programs supported by Carlton's Humanities Center. This podcast is a production of the Carleton Humanities Center and is edited by me, Clara Hardy, with original music by Will Hardy. Thanks, as always, to Austin Mason, Director of Digital Humanities at Carleton, and the Humanities Center Advisory Board for helpful suggestions and support. You can subscribe to Humanities Centered wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Thank you.